Welcome to our Radio Rehab Best of Week, where we revisit favorite interviews and episodes from 2016, chosen by you. So, of course, because it's Wednesday, Wednesday is our Epic Attic Fail Day, we have chosen the episode that I did with Chris G back in February of 2016 called Remembering, because this is the origins of Epic Attic Fail. You know, if you don't remember how bad it was you're drinking and using you're doomed to repeat it. So in this episode, Chris G and I go over um, some not very highlights. I, let's just call them lowlights. Uh, but this episode got tons of listens and tons of comments. Um, evidently, it's hilarious. Uh, I think it's hilarious, too. This is just great. Chris G has been a friend of mine for a long time, and we have great camaraderie. My favorite part is when you guys are talking about... <laughs> Uh, a little bit of a teaser, something to look forward to, is when you guys are talking about uh, asking people for money. Oh my, yeah, that part was hilarious. And how if you have money when you're drinking and using the last thing you're going to spend it on is like, you know, something to nourish your body like food. Yeah, and so, yeah. And I I remember listening to this episode uh, when we were talking about our favorites of the year. Yeah. And this one was, I go, that's the one that we should, that it's one of our earlier ones that... Uh, it, it just has it has me cracking up. Me too. Yeah, this is a pretty much a get to know me episode. <laughs> Seriously, though. So, yeah, enjoy remembering with me and Chris G. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to the new episodes of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana, and I'm a recovering addict and an alcoholic. I'm clean and sober right now but I've struggled with the disease of addiction for most of my adult life. It began when I was a teenager. I've had bouts of sobriety, and even during the bad times, there's always been some part of me that wanted to live life the right way, the way I am now. This show isn't just for addicts, it's for everyone. Some of my guests will be familiar to you, but their stories will be new, heartbreaking, and awe-inspiring. If you aren't one of us, you surely know us. We are your wives. Your husbands. Your daughters. Your sons. And we've gone through hell to get to the other side. This show is dedicated to the ones who didn't make it. Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm Dana. I'm Chris G. Today's episode is called Remembering. Uh, This is from our daily meditation book for people in recovery. I will now read. We are survivors. We live long enough to let our higher power save our lives. We managed not to OD or die of cirrhosis in a car accident, in jail, or by a bullet. We somehow avoided meeting these and countless other horrible ends associated with our disease. If we forget where we came from... Let us visit the detox units of our local hospitals. We will be reminded by observing addicts with DTs, brain damage, and other injuries resulting from the abuse of mind-altering chemicals. So basically what this reading is about is about not forgetting where you came from. Mm-hmm. Like not, not forgetting how bad it was. You know, sometimes people, they just remember the good parts of drinking and using. You know, it's, they'll be sober for a little while and, and they'll glorify the good old days. And that's usually what sends, well, often what sends people out on a relapse. They'll romanticize. Exactly. Romanticize the drink or the drug. And what 
you should really do is remember the end. Remember why you wanted to get sober because yes. it was bad. Yes. And there's another saying we have out there, which is, well, I, I don't think this is just a, a recovery saying, but it's, what's it called? But, but for the grace of God or what's it called? By the, um, I think it's by the grace of God. You're Catholic. You have, isn't that a Catholic, a Catholic thing? Uh, I haven't gone to Catholic church in a long okay. time. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> but for the grace of God, there go I. It's something like that. It's what it is, is when you see someone Let's just say you see a person on the street who's absolutely insane talking to themselves and punching themselves in the face. Yes. You go, hey, but for the grace of God, there go I. So it, basically, you could end up there too. And whenever I know when I first got into recovery and I would, I would compare myself to people, go, oh, well, I'm, I don't have missing teeth and I've never been in jail. Everyone will go, yet. Because you really have to put yet before everything because or uh, after everything, because it could happen to you, you know? And everything pretty much, not everything, but a lot of things that I thought would never happen to me or that I was so above happened because that's where drugs and alcohol take you. Yes. To just pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization, as they say. I remember um, one thing I would do is uh, call friends, and um, when I was running out of money... Um, instead of steal, I was too afraid to steal alcohol. So I would call friends and tell them I needed money for gas for something. And, uh, they, they would show up and, you know, float me 20 or whatever. And I'd go get drunk. Eventually most of them caught on and then they would Meet me at the gas station, oh. use their card, and I'm like, oh, You dick! Wow! You dick! <laughs> no, but. Wow, that's the worst. I know. Yeah. My mom was like that. It was like, I need money. Uh, why? Be- because I, I'm hungry. I, I have no food. So her ass would literally send Safeway to my house with a bag of food. Yeah. And I'd be like, Damn it! Because food's something you just really can't pawn. You know no. what I mean? But I really did need to eat, and I didn't have money for food. Because, if, you know, as an addict, when you've got cash, the last thing you're going to spend it on is stupid food. Yeah. You can Just, find food anywhere. Yeah, exactly. The garbage can. Please. Hey, man. I, no. I'm picking lemons off trees, man. Yeah, Come yeah. Exactly. I can eat grass, you know. I see animals <laughs> do it. Why not? Yeah, or, or maybe some bark. No, I, I by my stories that I'm thinking of, you know, when I have to remember the bad things, are, so we discussed this in one episode, uh, a past episode of Radio Rehab. Christy and I were talking, and I, I casually mentioned how one of the bad things I had to do when I was out there in my youth, when I was an addict, was stripping. Yeah. And I said that could take up a whole show. So here's how that happened. So I basically, I was very young, and I was in rehab, and uh, she wasn't my roommate, but she was somebody who was also in this treatment center. She was a stripper and also a heroin addict. So we decided that we both we were both in there uh, for our second time through this treatment center. Neither one of us really wanted recovery. Uh, we were young. We just still wanted to use, you know. And so we left. And I'm like, well, how are we going to get money? I don't even have any of my belongings. It's not like we can sell stuff. And she's like, oh, let's just go back to where I work, cheetahs. And this girl, mind you, it was about, I'm going to say like 5'10", maybe 5'11". She probably weighed 70 pounds soaking wet and had the biggest fake boobs. She just looked like she was 
about to permanently do a face plant. She was tits on a over. stick? Tits on a stick, as they say. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, That's the so, way I like them. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like a bag of bones with two really hard basketballs just motorboating me in the face, like conk, 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 on either side of the head. Yes. Yeah. So so I'm like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna strip but she we didn't call it stripping, you know, you call it dancing. dancing. Right. So she's like, Oh, you've never done it? Of course I lied. Oh yeah, no, I I did I did it once um when I lived in San Diego. I yeah, sure. So meanwhile, I go to Cheetahs. It's like the most famous strip club in L.A. Celebrities go there. Charlie Sheen was a regular. I don't think he would care about me busting his anonymity now that everybody knows he's into that stuff. Right. Um, so I go and I've, I've never done this, right? So, of course, I'm loaded and I want to be, I want drugs. And so that that's that's what motivates you. But I can guarantee you about six months before that, the thought of doing that, I would have been like, hell no. There is yeah. no way I'm going to get up in front of a bunch of people naked, a bunch of these drunk assholes who I'd rather punch in the face than take my clothes off in front of, right? So I, and also, I'm just not good at stripping. It's not like 50s strip tees where you take one thing off, like da 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 da, you take another thing off, da da You basically go out there in a thong, right? So I'm there. So, I, and then it was all private dance. You know, you're going up and doing like lap dances and stuff at people's yes. tables. So this is why I was the worst stripper ever. Okay, a, a number one, I'm not that flexible. Roman numeral two, <laughs> I am like, I'm an aggro. Uh, you know, I was a punk rock kid in my youth. What can I say? I have attitude. Okay, and and I don't really like to be touched, especially by strangers. So I was like the Ray Liotta. In Goodfellas of strippers. I was like, I'm naked. Fuck you. Pay me. Yeah, here's my ass. Fuck you. Pay, pay me. me. Yeah, here's my tits. Fuck you. Pay me. Don't fucking touch me. That's how I was. Like the worst stripper ever. There was nothing sensual or sexual about it. I was just angry. But you know what? what's really sickening? There were men who loved it. There were... Thing, like They're I want that. her. Yeah. I'm like not me. Why do you want me? I want the like, mean bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I want the mean bitch who's not really doing a lot. She's just standing there naked, with her hand out. <laughs> <laughs> like so. So then. So then the way that the way that lovely. And this was a very short time period that I did that. So the way that lovely escapade ended. So one night I'm there and I'm like, you know what? Shine this. Just fuck this noise. I don't want to do this anymore. So I, you're supposed to give them a stage fee also. I was like, no, that's not going to happen either. So what happened is I was going in the back getting ready to leave. I was about to sneak out. And what ended up happening is I didn't see this because I left. My dad came in. With, what? No, 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 no. Wait, it gets me. Not to come to the strip club, but because my friend Julio, God rest his soul, talked to me. And I now sound like this junkie, you know, I wasn't, I didn't sound like the person he was friends with anymore. I sounded like, yeah, so anyway, I'm stripping at Cheetahs. <laughs> you know, like, that's not Dana. That's not, that's not me. Like, if you know me, that's not how I am. That's the opposite of my personality. So Julio called my dad. And said, yeah, uh, if you want to find your daughter, she's stripping at Cheetahs. And he was like, come again? She's what? And so he, he told my dad where Cheetahs is, what I'm doing. My dad goes collects his two friends from Vietnam Veterans Aid Association. These are big, burly dudes, very right. muscular. He gets them and a blanket and goes in there. Where the fuck's my daughter? 
to the bouncer. Like, he's about, this is what he, because every, my dad lived in his own private world. We used to call it the world according to Keith. Like, he lived in this little world where he thought things were, like, the way they were in his head. And a lot of the way he thought things were is because he watches a lot of movies. Like, I'm just going to go in there and go, hey, man, give me my daughter. And I'm going to throw a blanket on her. It's like, yeah, that's probably not how it's going to go down. But so he gets there, and luckily he brought his friends with him because my dad was a skinny musician. He was not a fighter. You know, he didn't go yeah. get in people's faces. So he's got these two big, big guys with him because my dad did like to, he would mouth off if he was angry. He wanted to have these guys to have his back. So they're standing there all pumped up behind him like, hey, give him his daughter. And the guy, the bouncer's like, who the hell's your daughter? Do you know how many girls are in there? And he's like, you give me my daughter right now. He's yelling, you know, all angry. And he's like, look, who's your daughter? So he's like, Dana. And this is the funny one. The guy goes, oh, you mean Miss Kitty. <laughs> Oh. What else is about to go by? Miss Kitty, how hard is it to find me? Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty's been my nickname since I was like 13. It's like, oh, what's she using, Kitty? Yeah, of course, because I am Miss Kitty, because that's just me. I'm also Murr. That's just me. Check it out, Holmes. Okay, so anyway, he goes, <laughs> he goes, give me my daughter. And they're like, oh, like, oh, Dana. Oh, okay. Yeah, so then the bouncer's like, hold on. Yeah, I'll get her. And, he, and then so my dad's in there and all like all my friends all see him wear with a blanket that was about to be thrown over my supposedly naked body, right? Meanwhile, I'm fully clothed and I'm running down the alley to go cop with all the money I took from the club, right? So the guy, they're like, looking for me. I'm not there. Then the guy's like, you find your kid and you tell her she owes us money. She just took the, she just took the bartender's tips. She, I took whatever I could find, right? And he goes, and she owes us a stage fee. And he went, my daughter doesn't know you shit. You know, and he walked out. And then, he, you know, he was like, wow. what's a stage fee? And, you know, nobody wanted to explain it to him, of course. So, <laughs> but thank God. Thank God I wasn't standing there under a spotlight getting naked to, like, Mazzy Star or some stupid 90s shit. And Mazzy have, Star? What do you think strippers strip to? They strip to stupid shit. Yeah, fade into you or, like, or... or how about something more upbeat? Like, well, yeah, there was the per- ones who weren't junkies. Dude, one girl danced to Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones very slowly. What the? But then there was the aggro chick who always danced to uh, Fuck You by Soundgarden. I think oh. that was Soundgarden. Isn't that Soundgarden? I don't know. I, whatever. It was some kind of, you know. What was your favorite song to strip to? You know what? I honestly don't remember. Oh, I think maybe it was. Um, Pour some sugar no, on me. Fuck no, because it wasn't the <laughs> 1930s. No, it was something by the cult. It was Wildflower by the cult. Wildflower by the cult. Okay. That was my favorite. Okay. Big. I was a big, I was a big cult fan when I was a kid. Uh, like, still, so like, in elementary school, I loved the cult. I loved Ian Asbury, but that's a whole other thing. So, anyway, yeah, so my dad couldn't find me in the strip club. Thank God, because if I was standing there naked, and my dad, can you imagine having to have that, you know, and then you're doing all your steps, and I'm, I'm making amends for all the things, and then, like, Dad, I'm really sorry that you had to come get me out of cheetahs with a blanket and some VVAF buddies. <laughs> Jesus. So when well, people say that's not going to happen to me, oh yeah, yet if it happened to me, it'll happen to anybody. Yeah, it, what you talked about in the opening reading about losing our minds and stuff, um, just just a, a few examples from when when I was losing my mind um, because of DTing, um, which is delirium tremens, which is what happens when you detox from alcohol. For those of you who don't know, right? I remember running to neighbors' houses and telling them to call the police. Um, I remember 
rushing out uh, the side door with a baseball bat, chasing people that weren't even there. Um, I remember telling a lot of people that possums (laughs) had somehow infiltrated my home and were in... They were under my bed, or and when they looked under my bed and they weren't there, I was like, no, they're in the box spring. I can hear them. I can, you don't understand. Look, their eyes, see, shine the light. The eyes are, and then I remember one time, it probably scared the, you know, the hell out of my mother. Um, I was driving my mother somewhere, and I was convinced that there was a young girl Hiding in my hatchback trunk, like not closed in, but you know, just just in the seeking shelter there, basically, right, right under my jacket, and I'm like, Mom, okay, we we got to get rid of her. We have to drop her off in Castro Valley. She doesn't want to get out of the car, and my mom is like, Are you sure there's someone back there? And you know she should have said, mother. "She should have said, pull the fucking car over. Why are you driving right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. Why are you in that state of mind, operating a vehicle that I'm in?" And I actually that day, I remember driving to the Union City Police Department. Now I, I was not under the influence, but my I was losing my mind. I drove to the Union City Police Department, and I said. There's a young girl in the back of my... You did? Yes. And two cops came out. They looked, and they're all, there ain't shit back there. Are you all right? You know, and they gave me a breathalyzer. They did? And, yeah, and I passed and 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 everything. And they said, um, maybe you should just go home and get some sleep, okay? Wow. You're, you're tripping or, for some reason. And... Um, these are the things that, and I, I remember, you know, before I, I, um, I told that story about when I went through the, that glass door, but yeah. that, that, that same adventure, there was like a Russian girl in the hallway blowing bubbles at me, but the bubbles were moving really fast and bouncing off walls. And these and, are all hallucinations. And it was like a seduction thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, how do I look? To the normal person walking to their room. While you're seeing While I'm that. reacting to the bubbles, trying to be sexy back to, you know, Natasha or whoever the fuck isn't there. You probably looked awesome. Yeah. So, um, these, that is are, hilarious. these are some of the things we do. These are the depths to which we sink. Yeah. In our, no, it's, I mean, it's, you know what? It's really good that we can laugh about it now. You know, once yeah. you get sober, it's great when you can laugh about that stuff. And that's the thing about hanging out with other sober people is, you know, a lot of this stuff is humiliating. And a lot of it is stuff that we beat ourselves up for. We feel bad about. We're embarrassed that happened. Oh, God, what must people think of me? Shame. Yeah, major shame. There's major shame damage there. So it's good that we're able to laugh at it now. We're definitely not glorifying it. Um, no, no. No, by any means means Mm -mm. it's like that's how what happens is is you get to the point if you're if you're drinking and using if you're an addict or an alcoholic and you get to the point where you go crazy you lose your mind and that's when you really start to hit bottom and it's tragic the saddest thing 
is, as I say in the intro, the ones who don't make it. It's just the saddest thing because you know there's nothing more tragic than somebody dying in that state of mind where you think everybody's out to get you. You know, uh, you're you're hallucinating. Mm-hmm. You're making things up. Um, I told the story right where I thought I thought there was an intervention happening in my house in San Francisco. Everybody right. I knew, including my mother, was downstairs putting together this intervention, and that was the direct result of drug use yeah. and no, and no sleep. Yeah, drug use, no food, no sleep. It all it'll make you crazy. But the great thing is to be able to come out on the other side and look back at that and go, wow, because that's really that's like going through a Vietnam. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like going through your own personal war. <laughs> like, yeah, the that struggle you, is real. You you created it yourself too. Yeah, you exactly. Know? You brought then it I on yourself. It. Exactly. You, you didn't plan it that way. No. It just got there. Exactly. That it's like yeah. You look at my life. I have a great family. I was a very loved child. You know, I look at some people. They were born addicted to methadone and heroin. I'm like, God, that's really sad. Yet I chose to end up right where they were. Yeah. Like I went out of my way to seek this like nefarious lifestyle. And why? Because you know why? It's like it's like. People say, why? Because I'm an addict. Why? Because I'm an alcoholic. There is no reason. There's no good reason for it. It's just there are some of us who happen to have this allergy where if you put drugs or alcohol in our body, we want more. And you can't yeah. stop. Like, I can't, you know, people are always like, hey, have you thought of moderation? Uh, yeah. No, no, that didn't occur to me. Moderation. No, I've thought of moderation many a time. The thing is, that's actually impossible for an addict or an alcoholic. You cannot do it. Don't hate the addict. Hate the sickness. Exactly. Yeah, addicts addicts need love, but you know what? There are some out there who don't want it, and don't waste your words. There are people out there who don't want recovery. There are people out yeah. there who just want to keep using, and they want to keep getting over on other people, and they just need to be left alone to hit their own bottom and do that. Yeah. Just let I, them know that you're there. I, I have several people, you know, reach out to me that, you know, in the past I, I would have uh, red-caped and gone and picked up in Sacramento. Oh, and, Captain Savaho. Yeah. And right. and but you know, I had to get to the point to where I said, "Look, bitch." No, I didn't say bitch. <laughs> but I said, "I please please do not call me when you're drunk and and you're you're the people you went to this uh rave. I guess they still have raves." They I, do? I, yeah. Um, wow. The pe- why? The but, people okay. you went with uh left you there for a reason. Yeah, and uh, I'm not gonna pick you up, and I, I can't clean up this mess because I'm I'm still cleaning up myself. Exactly, you know? and that's and those people, it's like they want you to clean up their mess, but they're not gonna get sober the next day. You know right. what I mean? And that's Same one thing we shit. don't have control over is people, places, and things. Yeah, they're not gonna get sober the next day, so there's no point in us risking our recovery that we've worked so hard on to to help somebody who doesn't want help. Basically, yeah. 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 So we're running out of time, which means it's time for our segment, Epic Addict Fail. We tell you a story from the news, always involving an active alcoholic or drug addict, always having had done something ridiculous, much like our stories that we told about ourselves. You know, this is a yet. The story I'm about to read could be one of us. Or could one be. of you. Or one of you. This could have had a very different ending. Police say two men fired from the Tiger Haven Big Cat Sanctuary in Kingston, Tennessee, decided they would run through the place naked. 
This is a place with more than 250 tigers, lions, and other big cats. Luckily for the men, all they lost was a little dignity when they were arrested. Police say 22-year-old Jake B. Loftus and 26-year-old Samuel J. Adams, not to be confused with the Brewer Patriot. Yeah, that's true. That's a real name. Got the idea after they, quote, got to drinking, end quote, which is how a lot of these stories seem to start. Yeah, running with tigers naked, not a good idea. Naming your son after a beer or alcohol, not a good idea. You know, it kind of reminds me of the uh, that that involved drinking as well as that thing at the uh, San Francisco Zoo. What happened? With the uh, it happened years back, but uh, it was two brothers and a friend, and they were drinking vodka and they were taunting the tiger. And the tiger bit the tiger. The tiger scaled the wall. And and, and attack the guy and killed one of them, which is yeah. is sad. But then you also got to say he was what he was he was taunting a tiger. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's I I feel bad for the guy's mom. You know, I feel bad. <laughs> Luckily, these two guys though in this story, no one was hurt. They just got fired and they lost their dignity because the police all saw them buck ass. What would I mean? I I I am an alcoholic and and I have been drunk before, obviously. Um. I don't get drunk anymore, but because I'm sober. Uh, but but I can't imagine what would be going through my head if I wanted to get buck ass naked and run through one past wild animals. Sometimes when I listen to "Holy Diver" by Ronnie James Dio, oh that I, song sparks. Yeah, I okay. do want to ride the tiger. Exactly. You know what? I just changed naked. my mind. If I listen to Holy Diver by Dio, I would absolutely 100% run past some wildcats buck naked. Yeah. Ride the tiger. I, uh, yeah. Love that song. You know what? That song does make me feel a little wild. Like, that's yeah, your I, stripper song. Oh, that yeah. That's my stripper your... song. Holy Diver. Yeah. See, what I did was I would get naked and then put on Holy Diver and start head, bu- head you know, I start head banging and mouthing the lyrics and like throwing the Goat and getting up at people's faces and doing pretty much a Ronnie James Dio impersonation. Yeah. And and that was really sexy in the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's under the <laughs> definition of not fucking hot. <laughs> right? And your follow-up song was, Just a rainbow in the dark. Yeah. At which point, I would just do the splits, but not sexily. I would just come down on the floor, like, real hard with a thumb. Ow. <laughs> And then they'd pull me out by my hair. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, Los Angeles. <laughs> get her a blanket. Yeah. Yeah, get her get her a father and a blanket. <laughs> That's all the time we've got for today. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. 